And now, a presentation on the Mental Health News Radio Network. The Outer Limits of Inner Truth Radio Show. Ryan, that is a freaking awesome question. Yeah, great question. You are the power. And you do not need anybody's permission. Great question. You're, you're a great interviewer. You're one of the best. That is literally a brilliant question. If this is the best God can do, I am not impressed. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the Out of Limits of Inner Truth Radio Show. OutofLimitsRadio.com. I'm your host, Ryan. Coming back to our show tonight is an individual who's going to teach us about maximizing your brain, getting you into that super mind consciousness and frequency i've known uh, our featured guest for over a decade and it's amazing to see what he's accomplished he's got people from mit to leading researchers on brainwave frequencies raving about him they think he's doing something amazing it's cutting edge and it's so fitting that he's coming on our show let us begin welcoming back to the program is an individual who's considered by some including coast to coast am george norrie to be the greatest mentalist in the world. He's also an author. And here's a quote from Robert Edgemon. He's the research scientist at the McGovern Institute for Brain Research at MIT says, I want to reiterate how profoundly your presentation impacted the neuroscience community here at MIT. You may possess one of the greatest long-term memories ever created. Welcome back to the program is Mr. Jim Carroll. A little more about Jim at going to his website, jimcarroll.com. Welcome back, Jim. How are you? Hey, hey, Ryan. How you doing? I'm been, doing unbelievable. A couple, it's, yeah. It's an honor to call you a friend. You're always well. you're always happy and excited when we talk. Oh, it's absolutely. Always, absolutely. Yeah. Because I'm, I'm dealing with uh, superior intelligence. I mean, one of the things you, you talk, a lot of things is many years ago, you got your career start later than most people. Can you please explain when you launched your career wow especially the, the stuff i'm into now yeah i mean because while well, going back i worked in a steel mill back back in allentown many 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 moons ago many years ago and uh just like the billy joel song living here in allentown i worked at a steel mill i really didn't have any i never had any formal education i barely made it out of high school and i ended up at the steel mill and then when i lost my job i took my wife's Avon account. I think we talked about that once before. And I went door to door selling her Avon and doing card tricks and became the biggest selling Avon guy, probably the only guy. And, and, uh, here I am 5,000 shows later. I mean, Avon, the, the ladies put together a presentation for me to, to talk about in front of a thousand women. And it went over so well that I took up the card tricks as a career and so life was good. And then, then in 1990, along the way, I, uh, I predicted that lottery in Allentown and that got me so much publicity. And then that's where I picked up that name, psychic madman from the lottery prediction. Just to get everyone yeah. long story short, Jim Carroll goes on a radio, as you went on a radio show and told what the winning lottery numbers were and people played it and what, what? Yeah. Well, not only a radio show. Yeah. I did it on a radio show in Allentown and, but I also did it at about, Oh, I think upwards of 32 shows that I had between November 8th and December 22nd. I would hold up a sign, play 222, December 22nd. It was the Pennsylvania Daily Number. Actually, 
it, you can still see it. I mean, it's, it's real. I mean, if you go to LotteryUSA.com right now and click, click on LotteryUSA.com, you'll see the results for all the lotteries nationwide. And if you click on Pennsylvania, you'll see the Pennsylvania lottery results for today. And then if you scroll down, it'll talk about the history of the Pennsylvania lottery. And here I am, two full paragraphs. Talks about how I put them on the map and everything else with that prediction. And it also changed lottery laws because now they put a cap on how many people could play the daily number. Because uh, back then, the average payout was like $1.1 million a day. And on December 22nd of 1990, over almost $13 million was won because all the people played it. Oh they my took God. my. How many people I, They won? took me serious. It was. Oh, tons of them. I mean, I, I got so many so many <laughs> letters in the mail and phone calls. I and mean, back then, we didn't have email and stuff. Or I, I, but the, but the, 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 the bad part about it is, I mean, I, I, I was getting calls from all over the world. I mean, because it got into the National Enquirer, all right, and it got on CNN News. And it, so it was like, because it was newsworthy because it happened right before Christmas, you know. So it was like a holiday story. I think the first Iraq war was going on. So it was a good news story. Like all these people were happy. They won this number and, it, and they had money for Christmas, you know. And so what had happened was this people call, hey, I'm blind. I'm, I'm dying. Can, I'm going to leave my kids money. Can you give me the lottery numbers for Ohio? Hey, would, could you give me the lottery numbers for tech? I mean, oh, I would get inundated with these phone calls every day. But one in, one in particular, this guy kept calling me from California, and he said, hey, I'm a Vietnam vet. You owe me. I'm like, who, who is this? You know, I thought it was a joke. He goes, you owe me. He goes, there's a lot of numbers of $30 million this week. He goes, I gave my life for this country, and you owe me the lot. And he would call me every day, Ryan, every day. And then, so one day, I'm laying in bed with my wife. It's 1 in the morning. I get a phone call, and it's this guy, and he's hey dude like high as a kite or whatever drinking i don't know what he was on he goes i told you i want those lottery numbers and this and that i go hey buddy it's one o'clock in the morning i said i said don't call me anymore i hung up he calls me back about a 10 seconds later he goes dude you don't get it do you i know where you live i know you have four little kids i want those lottery numbers i started getting serious like that and that's what made me move out of there and i moved to new york state then after that and that's when i met you in new york city so it's like a really bizarre story, that lottery story. It was like good and bad. You know what I mean? It was like the good part was all this publicity was happening. But the bad part was man, I didn't want that kind of publicity if, if it was going to cause this to happen. You know, I mean, I I did it as a good little gesture to these people. And unfortunately, this guy, yeah, yeah, well, that happens, I guess. So that's that's why I became the psychic madman. Right. So it's uh, it a lottery prediction. But when it comes to talking about power of the mind i'm curious that there are some individuals who can retain a lot of information they can look at something they can retain a lot of a lot of information and bring up that information there are some individuals who may not be able to retain a lot of information yet they have strong critical thinking skills there are some individuals who may lack critical thinking skills but they have the capability of foreseeing events and seeing things out in the future from your perspective, how would you define true mental awareness? What would you define as optim as true um, mental prowess? You know, it's funny you say that because I, I actually developed a word for it, I, and I call it cognental intelligence, C-O-G-M-E-N-T-A-L. And I guess to put a definition to that would be cognital intelligence 
It's the ability to, to transcend your mind, your memory, and your intuition by mastering the study of cognition, mentalism, and deception detection. That's how I did it. And that, you see, because you, you look at exercising your brain is the key to life, is the key to health, is the key to everything, is the key to memory, is the key to knowledge. Because and here's when you exercise your brain, all right, every single day, and I don't mean, I don't mean like, look at doing Sudoku puzzles and crossword puzzles and stuff. That's good stuff, all right? That's good for you. But that's like a senior citizen taking a walk. <laughs> when I talk about exercising your brain to memorize new information, it's like a senior citizen running marathons. That's what you need to do because what happens from exercising your brain every day to learn new information, it stimulates neurogenesis and neuroplasticity. Neurogenesis is the birth of new neurons. Neuroplasticity is, the, is new connections. So your brain has like a hundred billion or so neurons and it has another quadrillion or so connections. And, you know, most people don't make these connections in their life. And I'm making them now. And that's what's enhancing all of these abilities. It's an, and it, not only did it enhance my memory and my mind, and like I said, Ryan, it, it enhanced my intuition. I mean, my intuition is so much stronger than today than it was ever in my life. I'm like 65 years old, and it's almost like I stumbled upon the the fountain of mental youth is so it's so amazing i mean everybody ha they have to exercise their brain every single day even if it means memorizing one word every day just to your brain has to perceive new information like if i go to you hey ryan a b c d e f g hey we both could do the alphabet hey we have a good memory we can remember the alphabet but guess what your brain gets used to that it has to see new information, just like your stomach has to have food, or your brain has to have new information, and that's what makes it grow. Right. So I want to ask because you, most of these, yeah. I'm sorry. I just want to ask you, what is the correlation between intuition and memory? Because what you're saying is intuitive, intuition you feel, you sense, you're utilizing something that maybe is beyond memory or beyond recall. So how does intuition magnify or increase if your logical rational aspect of your brain is stronger or sharper does it allow you to be more receptive to intuition does it allow you to be more uh, able to perceive feelings i just don't know how, what is the correlation between the, the thinking you know, aspect you know what that's a good question and i think yeah. it's a combination of a bunch of things all right uh, first of all, like when I would exercise, we never told, I don't know if your, if your audience knows my whole story about what happened. Like we didn't really get into it, but I would, I was at the age of 50, I started exercising on, on an exercise bike and it was really boring. So I took my deck of cards and the only reason why I had to do this bike was I was overweight and I had a health condition, all right, a really bad heart condition. And I, it scared the heck out of me. So I started exercising on this bike. It was really boring. So I would take out my deck of cards and try to memorize cards just to kill time on the bike, not knowing it would turn into what it did today. My gosh, this is incredible. So what had happened was from exercising my brain with, 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 by memorizing these cards and developing all these systems, 
you know. Then I started making flashcards up of countries, capitals, zip codes. I was memorizing 100 digits of pi every day. And then what I found was this, this energy in my brain, and not only in my brain, but throughout my body, you could feel tingling sensation. I'd look down and I'd see 30 miles on the bike. I'm like, wow, it seemed like I was on for five minutes. <laughs> so it really helped me kill the time. But more importantly, what happened to get to your question was I think, now this is just my theory on it, and we talked about this with Dr. Daniel Lehman, and all these doctors I know, I th but I think by pushing yourself and exercising your brain every day to memorize new information, what it does is it, 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 it stimulates these, what I said before, neuroplasticity, which is co new connections, all right? And there are possibly, and you don't learn this in school, at least I never did, there are connections that are, that could be made in your brain. This is my opinion and my theory. I believe this happened to me and it's happening more and more every day as we speak, that these connections, like this connection might be for a greater intuition. This, this one might be for greater memory. This might, so it's not really the memory that made the intuition stronger. It's the combination of exercising the brain and practicing the intuition through the art of deception detection, which I think you know I do as well. And I would practice that deception detection every day so like with people please, like, hey, let me ask you. How yeah. would you. What is the art of deception detection? How would you apply it? Wow, that, that just the whole thing, I could talk about an hour just about that, <laughs> but just to get it briefly, it's, it's mainly, it's like the ability to determine truth and integrity in a conversation especially if you're in person. It's hard to do over the phone because most of my reading of deception detection, Brian, is facial, you know, in, intuition and everything else. Like I read your eyes, your mouth. It is, it's basic. It's not body language and it's not micro expressions. It's like beyond that. It's, it's, it's really intuition, but it started with all that. You have to walk before you can run. I started with the basic body language and all that other stuff. And I would do this at shows just as a joke to play around with it, just like the memory it was, I didn't do the memory to be serious. I did it to keep from being bored on a bike. I got into all of this stuff accidentally. I stumbled on this stuff. It's like really bizarre. So, so the ability to determine truth and integrity in a conversation, like being able to accurately read not only the, the verbal clues that people send out, but the nonverbal clues, all right? Like now I could walk through metal detectors at airports I, the TSA is looking at me. I could look at them back and I could read them. It's like so bizarre. It makes you feel so cool when you could do this. But, and it gets stronger and stronger and stronger with practice. Like anything else, it's not a quick fix with a pill. Like I, I see these, I'm not going to mention the product, but I see these commercials on TV. Take this, whatever, and, and your memory will improve. <laughs> look at memory, deception, detection. No matter what you want to improve, your brain health, your, it takes work. It takes work. You got to work at it. And I work at it every day on all of these things. So, but that's what I think happened from, from practicing this deception detection stuff, exercising my brain every day and pushing my memory. I think that is what is working with the intuition. The intuition is really bizarre. It's just, and uh, like, like mentalism, like when I said the study of mentalism, what mentalism is, is basically what I did all my life, you know, like a guy, you learn magic and then you get into this mentalism and mentalism is just like magic of the mind. Instead of using all these props, making people disappear, you're just playing with minds. Like my definition of a true mentalist 
is someone that the exploration of the human mind and its infinite capabilities, believe me, they are infinite, all right, and the ability to perform extraordinary feats of the mind using intuition, psychology, and even parapsychology, which a lot of people, they think that's pseudoscience, but parapsychology, trust me when I tell you, it's real. It's just, this is bizarre. I mean, I'm like a little boy. I'm 65, and I'm like a 10-year-old boy every day. You know, I'm so, no, it's, it's fascinating, but it's, I'm extremely passionate about this. And that's what this is all about. It's the passion. Just like you're passionate about a lot of the stuff you do. That's why you're so energetic. And the energy and the passion, that's, that's what this is all about. And it, and it does something. It, it, it just does something to you physically because like today, I no longer have cardiomyopathy. I no longer have an enlarged heart. I mean, what, what, what made that go away? Is it the positive energy, the positive passion? Is it, who knows? But you know what? I'm going to find that answer out sooner or later. And that's why I surround myself with all these top doctors, these top neuroscientists, these, these top neuropsychologists. In fact, I just met a couple of new ones, and I'm going to be meeting them down in Florida. So that's my game here. This is my goal. I mean, I, I went from being a steel worker, laid off steel worker, selling Avon door to door to becoming a magician, to becoming a mentalist, to what the – I don't know what the future – all I, I know is I'm excited probably, I think about it's very bright. And uh, by the way, I just want to let everyone know that Jim did Howard Stern twice, and they loved him there. <laughs> they absolutely loved him. Yeah, the he always got tremendous response. Jim's also done Ellen. He's done Today's Show a bunch of times, and he's been on Coast to Coast a ton of times. Jim, because you are exercising a lot more control over your brain, because you are utilizing your brain in ways that some people aren't, what I'm wondering is are you able to process reality differently than other people in the sense that if some people are only able to perceive certain amounts of information because their brain's only working you know, a certain amount, but yet your brain is processing other information because it's so wide, is your ability to perceive reality, is your widening birth of perception, does that actually influence another's reality? Do you think that because your brain is working so strong, that you are physically affecting other people's reality because your brain is operating at a speed or a power or a projection that is stronger than theirs. That's that's very interesting, too. You know, because uh, it's amazing you're saying this because just the other day, I, see, I stumble upon things at night. This is going to sound really off the charts, Love out of it. the box. Bring it. Like, like, <laughs> Like when I go to sleep at night, all right, and if I have a very, very positive day, see, that's the key to all of this. You have to stay positive and focused. I mean, look, at we all have our, well, trust me, I have the bills and I have the bad things happen and everything. Everybody has this in life. And if you, if you learn from these negative experiences and quickly get out of it and turn it into a positive like I, I turn stress to energy so fast. It's just because I, I, it's either that or what's the other outcome? You have, to, you have to try. So when I have a positive day, extremely positive, and I don't do anything bad or wrong or flip somebody off or cut me off, or you know I mean, if I have a really good positive day or I don't do anything bad, then I have some really cool dreams, okay? And I mean, I could talk to you for an hour just about dreams. I mean, are they dreams? Who the heck knows? I swear, it seems like I'm 
traveling somewhere in a dream for real. It doesn't seem like a, a dream. They seem so real and things happen in the dream. Should I tell you one of the dreams? Sure. This is going to sound Absolutely. off the charts. Right. So I never, I don't think I ever discussed this with anybody, you know, especially on a, on a radio show or anything. So I'm in, I, I had one of these days where, where it was a good day. So I'm, I'm having a dream or a vision, whatever. And I'm in this little skinny car. Yeah. You know, and, and now I see them all over the place too. They have these like one, one seat cars where you, you sit in the car and you're the only one that could fit in this car. I was in this yellow, it was a yellow one. I remember. And so you do dreaming color, by the way. Yeah. It was a yellow car and I'm driving and all of a sudden I, I, I we started getting a thunderstorm and I am really afraid of lightning <laughs> because I've seen the, the force of it. And that's, that's, I could tell you a whole story there. So I pull over on the side of a road and, and I was parked on an angle, like on a slight angle, like I could feel my body tilting toward the other door. So I got out of the car and I ran in this restaurant and I remember being this right on boom, thunder, lightning, everything else it was raining like crazy. And all of a sudden it starts, you know how the storm ends and the rainbows coming and it started just drizzling. And I ran back out into the car and I thought, wow, good. It storms. And as I get in the car and I started up all of a sudden, the car starts sliding sideways down the embankment that I was parked on that embankment. And I look to the right and there's a river with brown, fast moving water. I mean, it was like a flash flood type of effect because of the storm. And before you know it, I'm in this river. I'm in this river. I'm like, this is crazy, right? And I'm in this river and it's so real. It's so real. It didn't even seem like a dream. I'm in this river and all of a sudden I, I'm going down into the water and I, and all of a sudden the water's in the car and it's up to, it's up above my stomach. It's up to my chest. It's up to the, and all of a sudden I go, oh, this is it. I'm dead. I'm dying. I'm dying. Cause I didn't know I was dreaming. I thought it was real. And also I take a one last breath. I go, take a deep breath and the water's over my head and I'm holding my breath and I'm like, thinking, I'm waiting for the end here to happen. And all of a sudden I hear breathe. It's like real calm voice, like a female voice. And it wasn't really a voice. It was more like a thought. Do you know what I mean? It goes, breathe, just breathe, just breathe. Like that. I'm like, I'm crazy. I'm just breathing. Also, I take a deep, I breathe, I breathe. I like took a breath. And all of a sudden, that breath felt like really, really good. Then, I, then, then it goes, just breathe. Everything's all right, right? I take another breath. And every breath I took, I swear I'm not lying to you, every breath, it just felt like orgasmic. It was like the coolest feeling. Man, my body was tingling all over the place. Every time I took a breath, I was, and it, oh, my wow, I couldn't believe it. And all of a sudden, I look up. And, and it, it wasn't like a white light, like everybody says, or everything like that. It was like, I don't know if you've ever been to Idaho or Utah, the sunsets out there, how beautiful. Like, it was just this beautiful sky, all right? And it's because we, we just had that storm, I was thinking. I'm like, what is this beautiful sky? I've never seen it. And it's every time, oh, my God, every time I breathe, it was like, what was, it's like you're, you're I can't even describe the feeling. I can't describe, it's, you you, it's just euphoric, I guess. I, I don't know. I mean, it's beyond that even. And so I, every time I take a breath, I go, oh my God. And I all of a sudden I go, Lynn, you should, oh my gosh, Lynn, you should feel it. Because my wife's name is Lynn. And I'm like, oh my God, Lynn. And all of a sudden I hear, what? And I'm, and I'm on my bed. 
I'm odd. I jumped. I got out of that. But I, she goes, what? I go, nothing. Oh my God. I just had this. And I still had to even laying in the bed, talking to my wife. I had this amazing tingling sensation from the tips of my fingers to my feet, to my brain. And what the heck was that? Jeez, that's a dream. Yeah, it sounds wow. like a dream. I mean, usually they think about water when people are, it seems like, you know, like the world's kind of, maybe you're, you're under a lot of pressure or a lot of stress. And it seems that, I don't know, like you, you embraced it. And by embracing it, maybe you, it, it brought you to someplace really amazing. Because usually I think that that's what wow. they find is water rising in the dream. When they say water rising in the dream, it, it's something like building up. It's yeah. something that's building, building, building. And instead of drowning by it, like, I don't know, it's, that's pretty amazing. When you no, got... that was the that was the first experience out of out of many many many. That was the first dream I had, where I entered into this. What the heck? I was out of body. What, what what? I don't know what it was. I can't. I couldn't explain it at the time, and and that's when it all started. That's when I really knew, like, hey, I want to feel that again. I want to experience that again, and. So and I've discovered every time I'm very very positive and I have a great day and I'm real nice to people. I have these positive, amazing, sensational dreams. It's just amazing. And it, but but the one that really I can't explain at all. I might have told you this. I I don't even know. Uh, I'm, I'm a, I wanted to know. I want to know answers. And you go to this place. I don't know. People call it different it, things. Cash records records, or something. I don't know. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know what the heck. I never studied any of that stuff, so I don't know. But some, I'm like, I'm sleeping, and all of a sudden I'm in this place. I, I'm, I'm in this place, like all the, and then this voice is communicating with me again, and I'm like, how are you doing this? And, and it's showing me this stuff. I and then I'm like, how are you? And it, I never seen a face. The voice never announces who it is, but it's just this pleasant. And it's like, I'm not talking and they're not talking. It's like pure thought. It's pure thought. And then, and all of a sudden, the voice, the, the, whatever it was, the voice or whatever, it, it says something like, it's, it's almost like video conferencing. I'm like, what do you mean? All of a sudden, poop, my whole world now in front of me, everything I could see from, from side to side, the, every, it was like the whole universe is sitting in front of me. It's like, I'm, it's like I'm in the middle of nowhere. Like I'm in the middle of nowhere, outer space, and all of a sudden, all this stuff coming across the sky, formulas and all this other stuff. Like, oh my god, I couldn't believe this information, and I'm I couldn't even keep up with processing this stuff. Even me, how good I, you know, I process really fast. I could. All of a sudden, I go boom, and I wake up. Okay, I wake up out of it, and when I woke up out of it, I remembered. I have things in my head now, Ryan, that are the answers to universe, the answers to questions oh, everybody wait, wait, wait. wants right. to so know. We have some of the answers. What are some of the answers? Which is like maybe three of the. Well, 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 well here's what happened. So, so I go, Lynn, Lynn, oh my God, Lynn, you got, you got to, I now know this and that. And she goes, oh, yeah, okay, okay, tell me in the morning. I got to get up <laughs> to watch the grandkids, right? And she goes back to sleep, you know, because she's thinking, here he goes again with these. And then I went back to sleep. And then I get up in the morning and, she, and I come in the kitchen and she goes, so what was so important that you had to wake me up in the middle of the night? I'm like, oh my God. And I just remembered the dream I had, but I couldn't remember what I was about. I couldn't remember anything. Gee, so you had the That's tip, you had I the secrets now. of the universe and yes. like, no, go back to and bed. And I didn't, I didn't, 
you got to have a tape recorder by your bed and you got to have a pencil and a pad, just like I did for that daily number. Because if you don't have that, you're screwed because you don't remember your dreams. You, you know, God only knows how many people dream every night and they don't remember them. And then I started studying all this stuff and I noticed all these major inventions from dreams and this and that. So now I go to bed at night with, with my phone there so I could tape, tape myself. And when I do wake up, I try to wake myself up immediately out of the dream. I'm practicing doing that now so I could write it down and jot it down and remember everything. And it's just bizarre. So this is, this is what exists. This is not talking about it. This is not saying, hey, I believe this could be possible. I mean, no, I'm living it. I'm walking the walk. And I will keep you in tune when I find the answers because – I had answers right there, and like a goof, I went back to sleep. I thought, I thought, no, there's no way I could forget this. This is too embedded in my brain, you know. Jim, I want Me to ask being you, this memory guy and everything else. Yeah. What are some things that people can do to strengthen their brain? So, what are, are there? Are there certain memory exercises they can be doing on a regular basis? I'm like, what are three things that a person can do to begin strengthening their brain so they can be more receptive to intuition and some of the things you were discussing? Well, well I, I'll tell you what I think. I, that, that this, is in, this is in my opinion now. So, so I teach these courses and stuff like at Walter Reed. I teach the Wounded Warriors and different things. And and this, the one I'm not gonna mention his name. The one the one boy comes in severe TBI, traumatic brain injury, and he goes, Mister Carroll, can I take your course? I said, Sure. I said, uh, He goes, Well, my doctors told me there's no hope for my memory. First of all, your doctor shouldn't tell you there's no hope for your memory. That's negative. I, you got to be positive, okay? You, you defeat yourself if you're negative. First of all, anybody that listens to your show, get the negative crap out of your mind. Everybody has tough times. Everybody has death in the family. Everybody, you got to just try to get over that as quickly as possible and turn it into a positive because that is so damaging. You, you, you could spiral down if you stay negative and, you know, hey, I don't, I don't even want to get into that kind of conversation right now, but... You know, like 22 vets kill themselves. Every, you know, this is crazy. You know, you could spiral down so quickly. You have to stay positive. So, so this boy comes to my class. I taught him the first 13 states of the union in one day, in one, one hour and 15 minute class. The next class he came back, he recited the first 13 states of the union in order, Delaware, Pennsylvania, New Jersey, Georgia, you know, like that Connecticut, Massachusetts. I was like, wow, this kid doesn't have a bad memory at all. He has a great memory. So here's what I want to tell you. You asked a question about what can people do. Count cards. Counting a deck of cards is the best ultimate brain exercise a human being can do. I don't care if you learn from Jim Carroll. Yeah, you can learn from me. I'll gladly teach anybody to go to my site. Or they can learn from anywhere, go on YouTube, go, go learn how to count cards. Let me tell you why. I have a counting system that's really, really good, okay? And it's, it's not, it's, I call it my blackjack counting system, all right? And it's, uh, it's not used for counting cards and blackjack. I mean, right away, a lot of people are going to want to use it for that. Use it for the purpose of exercising your brain. Here's why. Like every deck of cards, we have 52 cards in a deck. There's 52 weeks in a year, right? There's uh, 12 court cards. There's 12 months. There's like uh, 306. If you count all the spots, like two is two spots, ace is one spot, four is four spots. The jack is 11, queen is 12, king is 13. Guess what happens if you add them all up? You know what it comes out to? And if you count the joker as one, 
comes out to 365 spots. Any coincidence? I don't know, but I use that system to teach people how to do this exercise, all right? And so what happens is, so as you're counting the spots, now I'm not going to do this. I wouldn't teach you people like this. Like, so if, you, so if I'm at the end and I have 362 spots and you have a card sitting on a table, I would guarantee you that's a three because it has to come out to 365. So instead of having people sit there and count to 365, I came up with a shortcut, how to, how to do a single digit count. It's like I call it a blackjack count. And I can't go over that on the phone, but they could learn this if they want. I could teach anybody. So what happens is, so I teach this boy this blackjack count. And so I'll, I'll shuffle the cards. I'll remove a card. I'll say, okay, what card did I remove? You have one minute to tell me. So he looks through the deck and does this counting system that I taught him to count individual single-digit count, okay, where, where at the end of the count, you're going to have a single-digit number, and all you do is subtract from 10, and it gives you the the number of the card that's on the table. 44 seconds later, this boy, he goes, Mr. Carroll, I'm done. I go, yeah, be kidding me. Okay, what card do I have? He goes, that's a two of heart. I turn it over, it's a two of heart. I'm like, oh, I gave him a big hug. I couldn't believe that. So what did that do for him? Well, number one, it boosted his self-esteem beyond belief because he did, he did it. So he's all excited now. And a person with TBI or you know, you know, our, our PTSD, that esteem is the main thing you want to build up. Obviously it helped his memory. It dramatically helped his focus because you have to maintain focus throughout those 51 cards. Cause if you miss one focus on one card, you're going to be off. All right. But you know what it did? The, the, you know what happened the best out of this whole thing? It stimulated neurogenesis and neuroplasticity. Why? Because every time you take a deck of cards, Ryan, and shuffle them up, and do this count system, your brain perceives it as new information. Why? Because it's like a quadrillion combinations of a shuffle deck. You could have a 10-year-old listening to us right now, and he can do this every day, and by the time he's 90 years old, he'll never see the same order of the cards twice. So that's why your brain always perceives it as new. That, in my opinion, is a miracle, miracle thing to do for your brain and and, and Dr. Amen loved it. When I told Amen about this, he goes, this is amazing. We should call it the neurobuster. It's, not, it's just a, fa- it's a fabulous thing. It's a fa- exercising your brain is the key to life. It's just because uh, you know what it does, right? If you exercise your brain every day, you know, what it does, uh, it, it, first of all, Alzheimer's, dementia, a lot of these neurological disorders, your brain mass shrinks. Your brain age speeds up and your cognitive abilities diminish. Those are the three main things. You exercise your brain by memorizing new information every day. Your brain mass will grow. Your brain age will slow down and your cognitive abilities will go through the roof. That's the incredible. complete opposite. I, yeah. When I, I, say, I call some... it ES... What do you call it? I call it ESPN. Yes, not the sports network. E exercise your brain each and every day. You should exercise your body too, but the brain is really important. S for proper sleep. I don't care who you are, even if you're Donald Trump, you got to sleep's going to catch up, but you got to get sleep. Yeah, you need sleep is so important for your brain. Yep. P positive, 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 positive. I can't express that enough. And N for nutrition. Okay, I'm not really big on the nutrition part, but but you, it's not about diet. It's about making sure you get the right nutrition in your brain. 
and ESPN. That's that's my key there. So it's pretty cool stuff, bud. I think it's awesome. And Jim, there's people who, well, we live in a culture right now where everyone's on the cell phone. A lot of people are on the cell phones all the time. They're like, well, I'm getting new information because I'm checking apps or I'm doing this stuff. But how have cell phones, do you think, impacted the way people's brains work? And do you think that people being online often or being online more than interacting with other people is fundamentally changing the way our brains work? Yes, I, 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 I totally think that uh, I'm not gonna down. I'm not gonna badmouth any anything because that's negative. I'm a positive guy, as you know. So, but yeah, I don't. I think look at socializing with people in person is a hundred times better than socializing over a cell phone or Facebook or Twitter or something like that. The in person contact and seeing them eye to eye and talk to touchy feely, you know, that is so important. That is so important. And and because of the technology today, we lose a lot of that. All right. And uh, not only that, but cell phone, eh, if you're looking at a cell phone or a computer right before you go to sleep, what what it's doing is it's, it's, it's screwing up your neurotransmitters. Once again, that's a whole hour conversation. Neurotransmitters are your, they, 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 these little chemical, these chemicals in your brain that enable your neurons to connect with each other. And one of them that, that gets screwed up from the light of a computer and a cell phone late at night is your melatonin. And that's, that's from your pineal gland. So, so a lot of, there's a lot of negative side effects from phones and stuff. And I'm not, look at, I, I go on the phone more than anybody. I'm constantly on my smartphone because that's where I put all my memory stuff. All right. But now if you're going to go on the phone and waste a lot of useless time watching stuff that, you know, or, I'm, I'm not really into that. I'm, I really think it, it just takes it, it's dumbing it's dumbing down the, the population. I mean, I mean, because you know, like I go to I go to a college and I'll say, hey, memories this, memories that. Well, why do I got to learn all that stuff? I only got to do is Google it. Right. <laughs> that's the attitude people have. Well, then that's when I say, well, look, you don't understand. It's not a matter of Google. It's a matter of exercising your brain for health purposes. Not, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Exercising. I don't care about the, the facts and the information. Sure, you, anybody could Google anything, but it's it's about it's about health too. Exercising your brain is the most important thing. So it's it's really that's really a it's a tough it's, you know technology right now is really hey not only that God forbid if anything would ever happen what if we'd have like an asteroid or or a nuclear weapon explode above the atmosphere and, and all the technology goes down for six months what the heck would everybody do Oh they'd go I mean, crazy I'd go crazy I I know <laughs> what I yeah. like a try it but I want to ask you about critical thinking and cognitive dissonance. So if we're looking at critical thinking, we see an individual who comes across this situation and because they've seen this situation before, they're able to maybe think in four different parts and examine all different possibilities and then make a logical decision based on those possibilities or familiarity based on the previous experiences. But then you also have cognitive dissonance where an individual can be presented with information that will present something to them clear as day, logically uh, as presented, that contradicts a long-held belief, yet the cognitive dissonance prevents that person from choosing to believe or acknowledge that possibility that contradicts their currently held belief pattern. So from your perspective, do you think that cognitive dissonance is a spiritual, is a psychological, or could be a mental disorder 
or could be a part of a brain not being fully utilized and wondering if the brain, if grown, if matured, will naturally take in all types of information, even though that may be a contradiction to long-held spiritual beliefs. I First of all, I don't think it's a disorder in any way. I, I would lean more toward the spiritual belief. I don't. I would never think that's a disorder in any way. I, I would. I would probably. And I think you agree. You probably think the same. And it's. Uh, you know. And that's. That's what. It's amazing. You. This is exactly what cognitive intelligence is. It's like taking emotional intelligence, because you're talking emotional intelligence. It's like taking it to a level that. You can't even believe. That's why. That's why I wrote that one book, Beyond Emotional Intelligence. It's like taking it to a different level, because all of this stuff. Look at now. There's this stuff increase your memory and your focus and self-esteem, Ryan. But it, it increases your creativity. Okay. Besides, into and okay. It, to me, create. Well, what's more important than creativity, knowledge, and intuition? Tell me. I can't think of anything. The combination of those three, if, if you can en- enhance those three things in your life, that's a feather in anybody's cap. That's the, those, that to me is the best thing you could do, you know. And, and, and when you want to build up like relationships, stronger and better relationships, it's easier to build up a relationship with somebody in person than it is on a phone or, you know, I just don't, yeah, I don't know. So it's a, but getting back to your, your, your question, I, I definitely think it's, it's more spiritual. And and, and uh, it's not a disorder in any way. Just like PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder. I dropped a D off. I don't think it's a disorder at all. I call it PTS. And I'm not the only one that calls it that. A lot of military are calling it PTS. In fact, George Bush calls it PTS. Prince Harry calls it PTS. So it's like there, too, there, too many, there's too many psychiatrists in the world that throw around that word disorder and throw around the meds and all this other stuff. You know, it's... it's there's a lot of stuff. I mean, you can you can cure from within just by being a positive individual and by obtaining knowledge. You know, get the, the more knowledge you could obtain in your life, knowledge is powerful. Let me tell you. I mean, I could tell you quickly. I'm not once again. I'm not going to mention any names, but I was around uh, like five. Like when I first met you, I didn't know anything about neuroscience and the brain and everything else. I had a pretty good memories just the beginning and everything else. You met me in my beginning stages of memory and stuff like that. But now I studied about the, the brain, the skeletal system, the nervous system. I studied everything. But years ago, I was approached by, by a neuroscientist and this and throwing these big words around and, you know, all this other stuff. And I'm like, wow, this guy. But now that I study it and I have the knowledge I'm not going to say I'm smarter than this guy was, but I, I have the same knowledge he does, if not more. Now I look at him like, what a BSer he was. You know, knowledge is power. <laughs> everybody, should look at you. everybody should, you know, I, you know, they don't have to get into studying the brain, but the knowledge. Well, you know yourself. Come on, the more the more you know about about this field that we're all involved with, this unknown. The more you know about it, the better you can see sift through the BS. You know, there's a lot of BS out oh, there. Yeah. Of, That's why I, I love the just, yeah. things you've been putting out there. I mean, you're challenging people to, to to be smarter, and it's not just you know regurgitate and recall whatever people are out there putting up. But you exactly you challenge it. You talk about you energizing your brain and utilizing it in its infinite capacity. And I look at the yeah. brain. Okay, the brain. 
I would say it, maybe it, it only takes up a finite amount of space. If the maybe the mind could be infinite, but the brain itself uh, seems to be a physical piece of matter, a physical piece, and it only has infinite amount of storage space. So how do you re- realize the infinite capacity of a brain that is finite? Okay, that's a good question. That's a here's what here's, this, once again, this is my opinion. Okay. I mean, I'm I'm in another I'm in another dimension with this. This is like <laughs> my area of what I like. I like to I like to call it the extended mind. Okay, I and now I I, I Google that to see if I came up with that, and here I didn't. That is actually used by some other people, and I'm not gonna downplay or say anything about what they do, but what their way of thinking is one, I'm talking in my opinion, I, I think the mind and the brain is like the universe. I think it's unlimited capacity. I don't put a cap on it. Like everybody else does. Everybody goes, yeah, you use 10% of your brain. You use No, I don't think there is a percentage. I think your brain is like the universe. It's going to sound weird. And here's why. Now, in your brain, you got hundreds of billion. You got 100 billion, but they say it's 100 billion neurons. For all we know, there could be 20 billion. There could be unlimited. Nobody knows, all right? So you have these. So think about 100 billion neurons. Think about that a second. Think about each neuron being a star, all right? Now, when you look up at the sky at night, you see 100 billion. There's 100 billion stars or an infinite number of stars out there, all right? And each, each one of those stars is a neuron. See, I think your brain, the universe is an extension of your brain. And I think if you learn how to tap into that brain, it's unlimited capacity. That's awesome. I don't even know if you get what I'm talking about. No, yeah. I absolutely get what, so I I get, that, get what you're talking yeah. about. And matter yeah. of fact, I'd say that yeah. if you look at the work by Dr. Stephen Greer, we've had on our show previously, he talks yeah. about there being not that we're not just a bunch of beings. We're just, there's one universal mind. We are all, yes. we are, yes. you know, we're all perspectives. And, I, see, and I never, I would love to meet him just because you just told me that. Now I'd love to hear more because that, in my opinion, I, I do, I've never read this anywhere. I just, it all comes when you go to sleep at night. Okay. All this information. Like, I, I think, like your listeners have to hear this. There, there are times when I go to sleep and I'll wake up with information that I've never heard anywhere, never heard it on a radio show, never read it in the book, never read it online. Where does that come from? Okay, it's there. There is without a doubt a universal brain. So, yeah, if you think of your brain, maybe your brain might have limited capacity, but if you learn how to extend it to the universe, it's unlimited capacity. And then you're, you're not only that, but if you learn how to tap in and receive that other information, wow, that's all I got to tell you. That's what's happening to me right now. Believe awesome. it or not, I'm not a, yeah, it sounds crazy, but it's real, and I'm, I'm loving every second of it, and I just, you know, I just want to, I just love life. I, I never knew this years years ago. I, I didn't even know this at the age of 60. That's incredible. Okay, I started doing this at 50. I started doing it at 50, the memory stuff. Then at 60, I started studying the medical stuff. And in the last six months to a year, I'm pushing myself beyond belief. <laughs> and it's just 
and my, my neuroplasticity is off the charts. I mean, I'm making connections. I don't even know. I see the way you interact with people, too. And one of the things I really enjoy um, watching you is that I feel that you're very truthful. You're a nice person. And I like when people who are nice oh, like do a lot of good things for other people. And you donate a lot of your time to people, and you help a lot of people. I think it's really wonderful. Uh, these guys, especially our troops, our wounded warriors, they really, they really need it. Not only our wounded warriors, but I don't know if you know it or not, but even the active duty uh, military, you're having a lot of suicides now, and that's why I go visit. Like I was just in Minot, Minot, North Dakota. Yeah, I like to just look. It's very important to just if you could make somebody. Did you ever like walk through a like you ever go to like a food store or something like that, and a clerk, she, there's a 22-year-old girl there, crabby as be, you know, having a bad day, they're not happy with where they're working and everything else, and and I'll like show a trick or something, and that smile on the face, it just changes the whole demeanor for the day. Who knows where she could have spiraled to, if, if you know what I mean? To me, that's what I'm all about. If I could put Same that here. smile on someone's face, yeah, that's... That's what I want to do. It's, uh, that's why my, my goal is I wish I had my own TV show. That, well, you're uh, going to get there. I think, it, I think you're definitely going to get there. That would be cool. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to help you. We have some time. Right, for two, more quick, uh, two more questions. And the one, yeah. one ones is because, your brain, because you're on this amazing path, because you're accessing all different parts of your brain, I would want to know, are you getting closer to developing telekinesis? Because I think that is the ultimate use <laughs> of brain power. I'm serious. I want to be able to open the fridge, get a can of beer, and have it be brought to me. Uh, that is my main goal. I do not want to serve humanity. I just want the beer out of the fridge without having to get up. Well, here's my belief on that, okay? okay? Just the fact that you want it so bad, you're, you, you're halfway through the battle, okay? You have to be extremely positive, positive, positive. You heard me say that about 100 times already on the show. If you're extremely positive and believe with a capital B-E-L-I-E-V-E, -E, if you really believe that it's possible and you're very positive, your dream is going to come true one of these days soon. And I want to be the first one you call when it happens. Oh, I will. I absolutely because will. Because I believe this power exists. And I know for a fact, I've seen it with my own eyes, people that do it. That was one of my ideas for a television show to go around the world and search for these people. The real deal power, not magicians pulling these telekinetic tricks or not these fake. You know, I'm talking the real deal thing. And I know for a fact there's this little old lady in the Ukraine. She's 90 years old. She's five foot nothing, about 90 pounds, and she bends frying pans. How the heck are they doing that? You know, they got this ability. How about the mighty Adam Joe Greenstein many, many, many years ago in the 70s? The guy was in his mid-70s, bending 60-penny nails, unbending horseshoes and stuff. Look at the mind is an amazing, amazing thing. And the power of telekinesis, psychokinetic energy, is probably just one of those little connections that you're going to make if you do what I tell you to do. All right? And that's all I'll tell you. It's out there. It exists. It's a connection in your brain that you have to make, and it comes with this belief system. Okay? And, uh, hey, I'm not a religious guy. I'm not talking religion here or anything like that. You know, I mean, I believe in, you know, I'm, we're not, this is about the power that all of us have within us, the power of belief. If you believe it hard enough, it'll come true. You know, it's, it's, 
I'm serious about this, bud. I've seen people do miracles, and and that's why I think that's what motivates me to get into it. I got the chills right now. I got the energy. I feel like my energy coming in my body just talking about it. And that and and you know, I'm not gonna sit here and tell you I I've done it, but I've done it. <laughs> okay, I, I could do it with light objects, with paper, and stuff. I could move. I could move. You know, like a lot of times I like. And all of a sudden, I see this, and all of a sudden, I see the dollar bill float across the table, like roll across the table, and a crumble on the ball. So I work with light things because, in my mind, I could accept that that's possible. But like, if I put like a uh, like a, a can of Coke on a table here, and I and I'm already defeating myself, like, geez, I don't think I could do that. Boom! You're never gonna do it. You know what I mean? You can't have a doubt in your mind, and that's how I bend the sixty penny nails, like the Adam does. I still I bend them now, and I'm sixty five. All right. Hopefully I can live to be 75 and bend them like he did. All right. And I still stick my hand in the bear traps and everything else, but there it's positive, positive, positive. If there's a doubt in your mind, you defeat yourself. You, you might as well not even try it, but you have the, you have that, you're that kind of guy, Ryan, that can do this because I know what you are. You're very passionate. You're very energetic. So you, if anybody's going to stumble upon the power of telekinetic energy, you're going to do it. So it's, and I'll it's share it with everyone, and I will teach yeah. everyone how to get the beer out of the fridge. But uh, <laughs> I'm sure you will. You definitely will. So, so Mr. Uh, Jim Carroll, I want to thank you so much for being with us today. Again, Jim is the world's greatest mentalist. He's also an author. He's an individual who's worked with thousands of people across the world, helping them improve their brains. He's got people from MIT. George Murray, coast to coast, he's got some of the world's leading experts on the brain, including uh, Dr. Jim um, Hart from the Biosavon Institute, who we found out twice. Oh, know. he's awesome. He's incredible. Jimmy, Jim he, Hart. He, Jim yeah. Hart. Yeah. He, 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 takes the world he wants you. me to come out there at the end of the month. Yeah, at the end of the month, I may go out there and do it with him. We'll see what happens. He thinks the world you and a lot he's of people do it. Uh, yeah, Jim, he's uh, awesome. Well, I think the world him, and, and let me tell you something, to tell you guess, Ryan McCormick, in the next few years, it's going to be a world-renowned. Talk. You're going to be like you could take this show and you're going to just, you're going to knock it out of the park. I know it already. So, I just see it happening. I really do, bud. I'd love to. So, uh, Jim, keep doing what TV you're doing. Show. Keep the energy and the positive passion up, and in, in anything is possible. And, and you'll see that telekinetic thing. You'll be moving pencils and pens in no time. Well, I'll be all, that'll definitely be awesome. Man. Real quick, just want to let everyone know a little more about Jim by going to his yeah. website at jimcarroll.com. Jim, Jim Carroll.com with a K. K A R O L. Okay, thank you so Jim, much. Thank you so much. All right, bud. Okay, everyone, that concludes today's edition of the Out of Limits of the Truth Radio Show. Special thanks to our amazing guest, Mr. Jim Carroll. And special thanks, as always, to the Out of Limits of the Truth Radio Show Virtues, Miss Lisa Kaza, Miss Constance Stellis, and Miss Carrie O'Connor. To learn more about the Outer Limits of Inner Tooth Radio show, please go to our website at OuterLimitsRadio.com. Until the next time we meet, my friends, I wish upon you an abundance of peace, love, and beers. Take care, and thank you so much for listening.